it's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, motivational. This is what we call the Muppet Show. Hello, Mickey. Are you in there? Hermit, is that you? <laughs> Come on in. Gosh, it sure is swell to see all the Muppets here at Walt Disney World. Welcome, everyone. Oh, thanks, Mickey. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Carousel Project. Today, we're talking about one of our favorite things ever, the Muppets. But first, my name is Josephine Maida. You can find me on Instagram at, at Josie Maida, and my favorite Muppets are either Kermit or Miss Piggy, but honestly, it really depends on the day. And I am Kate Killebrew, and you can find me on Instagram at Kate Killebrew, and my favorite Muppets are... Kermit, obviously, but also Animal because he reminds me of my animal, my little puppy, Brew. And I love Sam the Eagle. His color is amazing, and he's just awesome. And I'm Adam Hirsch, and my favorite Muppets are Kermit and Fozzie Waka Waka. Where can we find you on Instagram, Adam? (laughs) And you can find me at Epcot Adam. Waka waka. Yeah, you can. We have so much to dive into today. I honestly don't know if I've ever been more excited for an episode, but I feel like I say that every every single week. Um, I'm going to start this off by saying this was another win for our boy, Mikey. If you have been here long enough, you know who that is. That is Michael Eisner. He was the CEO of the Walt Disney Company at the time when this acquisition went down. A huge win for him, a huge addition of an incredible intellectual property that really fits in so well with the Disney family, finally sealed the deal on it, and I cannot wait to dive in. Well, and I think just to start out, we should just touch on the fact that Eisner and Jim Henson, they have a history as far back as the 1970s, back when he was president over at ABC. Um, And that's what, yes. So the network, um, ABC at the time, they, uh, they aired both the Valentine's Muppet, I mean, the Muppets Valentine show and the Muppet show Sex and Violence. So Jim Henson and Eisner, they had, they had a history before any of this went down in 89, 90s, so. Crazy. And Michael Eisner, you're talking about Michael, you're talking about Bob Iger now. No, I said Eisner, Michael Eisner. Um, Mike, I should have said our boy Mikey. All the time. I should have said I our know, boy you, Mikey. I know, that's what that's threw me what, off. Yeah. Guys, I love both Michael Eisner and Bob Iger, but I hate that their names are so, so similar, similar yeah. because my brain has a very hard time differentiating the two for whatever reason. And normally we refer to Michael Eisner as Mikey. our born yeah. our boy Mikey. So when she said Eisner, I was like, oh, she's got to be talking about Bob Iger because he also had a history. I was going to say, you're probably Bob confused Iger. about the ABC part of that. Yeah, yeah Bob Iger worked there. at ABC for a long time. So, okay, mm-hmm. we're still talking about our boy Mikey. Yes. Okay, it makes more sense. Where do you want to get started? There is so much to talk about today. I'm going to let you take the reins to get started. And and maybe I guess the best place to start is start. I don't know, the beginning. I guess guess 89. You have ACI. Okay, then you start because I was going to start with something that happened in 90. So that, that. So you start. Well, I mean, if you want to get real technical, according to Muppet Wiki. uh, I do want to get real technical with Muppet Wiki, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Muppet Wiki said that apparently Jim Henson considered buying Disney. Yes, you heard that correctly. Jim Henson was going to buy Disney in 1984, back when they were having... um, that hostile takeover led yeah. by Saul Steinberg um, when he attempted to take over Disney in 1984. But we all know what happened later in 1984, a.k.a. our boy Mikey became uh, became the CEO and stepped in and, you know, turned things around. So in September mm-hmm. of 1984, that's when Eisner stepped in with Disney. But before that... They were not in a good, Disney was not in a good place. They were really trying to figure things out. So I thought that was funny that we end up flipping that coin on its head just a few years later in 1989 when they, um, when Mikey and Jim Henson had that agreement to, in August to start, um, you know, to start the partnership together. That is really cool. I did not know that. Yeah. But just five years prior we we could have had Disney owned by Jim Henson. So, do you imagine everything Muppets, everything, 
everything. I that would have been absolutely crazy. Jim Henson really was a, a revolutionary man. Um, and I know we're not really, we're talking, and we, we, I keep reminding us of this because we are such big Muppets fans, but we are strictly talking about the Muppets through the lens of their partnership with, with Disney and marketing and PR. We're not talking about the Muppets larger history, but maybe down the road, we'll do a big, a big, big episode on that. But one of mine and Kate's, and I don't know if Adam has seen it, um, but one of our favorite things is the defunct land series that he did. Adam's never seen it. So it's a defunct land series that they did on the Muppets and Kate and I watched it together. It was absolutely amazing. We cried, but it really showed what a visionary Jim Henson was, which will give great background if you're super into the Muppets. So Kate, go on. You were in, you were in 1989. Well, um, I was just referring to the fact that in August of 1989, that was when Jim Henson and Michael Eisner came out together and said that they were going to be announcing this new partnership that would bring the Muppets Mm -hmm. and more into um, the Walt Disney Company family. Um, And so this was in the works that this was announced in August, but back at the opening of Disney MGM Studios in May of 1989, Jim Henson, he was there and he was there to kind of let people know that they were going to be coming together um, with mm-hmm. this partnership even before then. Um, and that deal was priced at $150 million, and it was going to include a 15-year creative services consultation agreement with Henson, basically with the point of of keeping him involved in the theme parks and Disney projects because they knew, like you said, what a visionary he was. He had mm. a big passion for theme parks and especially He had Disney so much on the parks. horizon for him. Yes. He had so much on the horizon for him when he unexpectedly passed away. Yes. And he died of pneumonia. Did I you know. know. Yeah. Like crazy. Absolutely crazy. So... Yes, we have the theme parks. We have, you know, something is coming from the two of them. The first thing that I have on my list to talk about is the special in the magical world of Disney. Oh, yeah, we love that. Oh, my God. So the the magical world of Disney was on from 1954 to 1997. um, And there was an episode called The Muppets at Walt Disney World. It was season 34, episode 23, and it aired on May 6th, 1990. And so the episode... Yes, I was just going to say the episode is iconic. You've probably seen pictures or videos before, but it opens with that Michael Eisner scene with Fozzie Bear and Fozzie's mom and Michael Eisner in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. And Michael is just being a ham. He's amazing. We love him. Raven Simone, who was a very tiny, tiny little child star at the time, think like the Cosby show age, Mm -hmm. um, was in this special and it basically was following their Muppets on their journey to Florida. They get to the parks, Kermit forgot his wallet. They break into the parks and there's like this Disney security guard who it's like his last chance. And so he's (laughs) trying to like wrangle up the Muppets. So this ended up being the last Muppets special that Jim Henson would ever work on, which to me was really crazy because I feel like most people know, and Kate and I talk about all the time, how Muppet Vision 3 3D was one of the last like projects Jim Henson worked on but to me it even has more gravity that the last special he worked on was with the Walt Disney Company because that is what he did with the Muppets for you know forever was TV specials and TV shows and this was really the last one that he did before he passed away and and so again this aired on May 6th 1990 uh, and he passed away on uh May 16th yes. 1990 so just 10 days after this aired well and that's one of the toughest things about that agreement that they had drafted up the 150 million dollar agreement with the mm-hmm. 50, you know with all that in place neither of them had signed on the dotted line Eisner Ugh. or Jim Henson but they both clearly had invested you know time energy and mm-hmm. Because they knew it was going to happen. And it seemed like they didn't think it was a big deal to have to get it signed off on. We learned later, unfortunately, that was a big issue. Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and touch on... Two things that were in the works during this time frame um, that Jim Henson was still alive. Um, One took place in Disneyland and then one took place in Disney World. Um, And both of these, it just goes to show how serious the Disney company and everybody involved was about just truly infusing the Muppets into the Walt Disney Company and the parks Mm -hmm. and everything. So the first one is called Muppet Land. And this was a concept idea that was going to follow directly behind um, the 30th 
or the yeah the thirty fifth anniversary of um, Disneyland Resort. So basically, the the concept was right after um, the thirty fifth anniversary celebration ended for that year, January first of the next year. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, all of them, after a year of partying and, you know, celebrating Disneyland Resort, they were going to leave Disneyland and go on vacation for the year. And while they were on vacation, Kermit and the Muppets were going to take over Disneyland. Oh, my God. Do you imagine? I am so mad that we did not have that. So before we go into before we go into that, I'm just going to talk a little bit about the guy that was behind this concept. It was Mm -hmm. um, Disneyland's first president. Jack Lindquist and this guy was I am obsessed with him okay he is one of my favorite people in Disney history so this guy was a real legend he was the one who came up with this idea because and he's the one that came up with the 30th anniversary idea for Disneyland because back then you weren't making a celebration for 30 years but he was thinking how can we get more people in the gate how can we get more people here so he's he's behind projects like the idea of grad night he's behind the concept of the I'm going to Disney World or Disneyland campaign Um, those are some of the other marketing concepts he was behind and he he goes as far back as day one of Disneyland I want to jump in really quick yeah talk to me and I'm gonna have Adam, our fact checker, our third host friend, he is going to fact check. I believe that Jack Lundquist was the first public relations person for Disneyland. He was, and I'm, he pitched himself. Okay. He pitched himself. That's what we don't even need. We, okay, I, I was like, I don't want to just say this and then not have like the fact in front of me, but that's why I'm obsessed with him because I looked up way back when knowing that I wanted to work in public relations with Disney. Okay, who was kind of like the first person who did that at Disneyland? Um, and so what I think is really cool about what Kate is sharing is even though he was the president at the time it really does Still have yeah. such a marketing public relations yeah. mm-hmm. structure Mindset. to this idea so go on go on with your incredible because I totally forgot about this yes okay so basically um so basically he was like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna have this whole um this whole thing and so this was his first idea of many to basically in between these five-year anniversaries at Disneyland work in year-long celebrations keep getting people to come back and we'll talk mm-hmm. about what his plan for the following year was at the end but so the way they first started working this in was um during the tv special for disneyland's 35th anniversary they had a scene with miss piggy and gonzo in disneyland and miss piggy was trying to replace cinderella so that was kind of their way of (laughs) (laughs) that was kind of their way of working in the idea of the muppets being at disneyland then from there, they had like advertisements going out where it was Kermit kind of offering up his services to take over the park so Minnie and Mickey could go on a break. Like they had these really awesome, um, it was like an ad where it has Kermit saying, need a break, like need to kick back for a while. And he's like, hey, Mickey and Minnie, like, you know, Kermit here, if you guys want to take a break, I'm happy to take over Disneyland. So such a giver. That yes. Kermit. So, so this was supposed to start as of January 1st. And with this sell, with this whole situation for the year, there were supposed to be eight major changes. And we are going to go through those eight major changes, okay? First yes, of all, the heck we are. So first of all, the main Disneyland sign was going to be, um, you know, updated by the Muppets. It was going to have, like, a sign go over the Disney part and have Muppet. It was going to just look like they did the change themselves. Then the Mickey Garden area at the entrance of Disneyland, that famous Mickey head, it was going to become a Kermit head. Then Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln was going to be replaced by Muppet Vision 3D, which we all know was in the works at that time um, with Jim Henson. Then they had the idea of setting Animal loose in Pirates of the Caribbean, and he was going to be chasing the wives <laughs> in Pirates, okay? Amazing. Then... Miss Piggy was going to take over It's a Small World, replacing Cleopatra on her little throne, you know, sitting in the chair. Yeah, so cute. Then this one, by far, is the most outrageous idea, in my opinion. (laughs) They were going to repaint the Matterhorn green, Kermit green, for the year. Okay, so very. Oh my God. This is future birthday cake castle territory. I was going to say, um, birthday cake castle. Do we not remember the time that they? had stitched well, I was gonna say the this castle. Is, yeah, no. So this was like this was 1989, 1990 thought process, and then 
here we are in 96, they painted a castle. So crazier things have actually happened. Then there were going to be two parades. There was going to be one parade called Here Comes the Muppets Parade, which we all know the Here Comes the Muppets show. It was actually a nod to this parade that never happened. Here mm-hmm. Comes the Muppets Parade. It was going to be oversized balloons of the characters. And that was one of the parades. The second parade was going to be Muppets All-Star Motor Car- Motorcade Parade. And this was going to be the Muppet puppet, like the actual Muppets, on different cars in the parade, performing, singing. It was going to be a much more like, um, you know, Amazing. character. Yeah, like a much more character experience instead of just big balloons. So, um, and then at the end of this run, this year run, all the evidence was said to have been removed and it would just go back to Disneyland and there would be no proof that it ever happened. But for anybody that would have gone for this thing that didn't happen, they would have experienced a whole different Disneyland, a Muppet Land, which would have been amazing. And I, and I want people to remember the first thing that you said, Kate, about how they were going to put a sign over the Disneyland sign Mm -hmm. that said Muppets Land, but it was going to look very much like the Muppets did it themselves. Exactly. Because that, I'm going to talk about that much later on in the show, but that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, um, and I'm so glad you, guys, this is why, and I say this all the time, Kate and I, we don't talk about ever no. what we're going to talk about in the show before we get on to ho- like to just host and talk and we always find different stuff fail, we always have different stuff we always have things that we teach each other and so now that she says it I do remember us talking about this years ago just being nerds um <laughs> but we would have not talked about that if Kate was not on like oh it just it just works so, in my opinion so my this humble opinion. corporate synergy would have just been so legendary. It would have been so awesome. And like I said, Jack, he had his wheels turning. He was like, we just finished this 35th. How can we get people to want to come back? Oh, we'll have this. Well, and the year after that, what was set to follow was um, Mickey and Minnie returning to their new home, Mickey's Toontown Fair. So that was that was the concept behind all of this. So he had he had the years planned out, let me tell you. So the reason this didn't happen, obviously, was Jim Henson unexpectedly passing away, and they ended mm-hmm. up not being able to do this. But, you know, I thought that was really cool. So at while this was going on over at Disneyland, Muppet Land was supposed to be like a temporary situation. In the Muppet Courtyard area that we know today, it was supposed to be a Muppet Studios area. And... It was supposed to, of course, have Muppet Vision 3D. We knew that. But in addition to that, where we see Mama Melrose today, that was supposed to be the Great Gonzo's Pizza Pandemonium Parlor. And it's, you may be thinking... It should have been. Yeah, you may be thinking like, oh, Pizza Rizzo, easy peasy. Like, no, this was a different concept. There were going to be animatronic rats on tracks that would deliver the food <laughs> to your table. The restaurant was going to be full of genuine artifacts from the Muppet films. And um, there would be occasional explosions, feathers flying, all of that. But it was going to be run by Gonzo and Rizzo. So there is a little bit of nod to that with Pizza Rizzo eventually opening. Absolutely. But it wasn't the same Which place. Which is so cute. But what was going to be where Pizza Rizzo is now? Well, I'll tell you. There was going to be Swedish chefs cooking school okay so this was going to be a character encounter slash cooking experience where you were going to watch the swedish chef chaotically try to make food but um and i'm from what i understand it was supposed to be a restaurant maybe more of a quick service type restaurant but it was going to be you know all about the swedish chef making crazy food and then the biggest in my opinion, sad thing about this not happening was they had the idea of the Great Muppet Movie Ride, which was going to be an attraction that was a parody of both the Great Movie Ride and the Backlot Tour. And it was going to take guests behind Muppet projects like Peter Pan and Frankenstein. And of course, because it's the Muppets, there was going to be a lot of misinformation. It wasn't going to be like accurate stuff. Um, It was going to be their version, their parody of those two MGM Studios attractions. And and the entire time you had um, Waldorf and Statler like sitting there making fun and critiquing the whole time, much like they do on Muppet Vision 3D today. I just want to say we're in the wrong timeline. I want to be in the timeline where that happened. Right. Because there's there's a timeline. So we, we are in the wrong timeline right now. Something happened where this is just wrong. The timeline where this did not happen and Jim Henson died early is not the timeline I want to be in anymore. I demand a change. 
And also, I was at I was at Disneyland for the 35th anniversary, and if it was Muppet Land, like my life would have been changed. Like I just cannot even imagine what that could have been like for little five year old Adam. But that's the life I want to lead, and I'm I'm just heartbroken that it didn't happen. So sad. Well, there's still there was still one more random restaurant pitch that I saw. Um called the Hard Luck Cafe. And this was supposed to be like a hard rock cafe, but themed around Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. So that was another idea for Muppet Studios. Now, I will say, like, the Muppet Studios never came to be, obviously, but I did see on a website that the official Muppets website from the years 2005 to 2008, they did their own version of Muppet Studios on there, and it did include some concepts like um, the Swedish Chef's cooking kitchen and things like that on their little website Well, I website was going to say what you just said, and we're hopping so far along like oh, the timeline, sorry. but what you just said, no, 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 this is great, but what you just said about the Swedish chef his cooking reminds me of what they do on Muppets Now, which oh, obviously is yeah. a very new project. So we're going to talk about that much closer to the end of this episode. But that made me think of that as well, which is really, really cool um, to see, you know, how ideas eventually end up. So I think as long as Kate's ready, I'm going to jump in and talk about what we actually got instead of all the amazing things that she just listed that we were supposed to get. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on that to show like where their minds were before oh, this untimely death of Jim that is what we needed yeah so what we got instead one of them Kate already briefly mentioned so here come the Muppets which was a play on the parade they were supposed to have this was a show in animation courtyard that premiered on May 25th 1990 um so again this premiered uh like nine days after Jim Henson passed away and it ran until September 2nd, 1991. Um, this show was about the Muppets. They were late to the show at Disney. Kermit was on stage trying to round up the gang. When they all got there, they sang, they danced, whatever. They had a show. It is where the voyage of the little mermaid is now because I know Kate and I love to like <laughs> conceptualize where things were. I cannot believe that we had a Muppet show instead of the little mermaid. I just, I again, we're in the wrong timeline. We truly are. And this played until, you know, until September 2nd, 1991. And then on September 16th, 1991, so very, very quickly um, after, Muppets on Location, Days of Swine and Roses opened, um, which was a more interactive show from the information I could find. It was about the Muppets filming a movie there at Disney Hollywood Studios. This show only ran until 1994, and it was outside in the Muppet Vision 3D area. So somewhere in the Muppet courtyard um was this little show um and so those were kind of two little shows we got instead at walt disney world and disney's hollywood studios but i think that leads us to the opening of muppet vision 3d well i did before we talk about muppet vision 3d i found an article by jim corcus um you know, Disney historian, and he was talking a little bit about the process behind um, filming Muppet Vision 3D because as let's get into it, as y'all need to realize, this project was basically done whenever um, like filming and all of that, whenever uh, Jim Henson passed um, suddenly. So this was as good as done as far as Disney was concerned, as far as Jim Henson was concerned and the, the people in the Muppet, you know, the different people that work, Frank Oz, all of that. So um, this was shot on ent- almost entirely on stage three at Disney Studios. This is the same stage that was used for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea back in 1954. So Josie will have a special appreciation for that factoid. Love that. Um, and the reason why they used that stage in particular is because they needed a water tank for Miss Piggy's musical number. So <laughs> so the fact that they, they could get water there was definitely useful. But as Josie said, it did not open until 1991. If this project was basically done in 1990, what was the holdup? And Long story short, basically, the Henson family was not wanting to give up the rights to that project to Disney. Even with Frank Oz and the other people in the Muppet production explaining to them, you know, this was your father's last project that he worked on. This is his final legacy. You know, he was so excited about this. Like, we should let the people see it. It wasn't until Jim Henson's son, Brian, finally broke the halt by seeing the production and 
like agreeing to watch it and realizing like this really is a tribute to his father, like a final tribute to him. Once he got on board, he was the one who was instrumental in getting the family to actually sign off on them being able to put it in the parks because you have to think they invested a ton of money into this production they filmed it they had built the building for it and everything they're just waiting for the rights i mean you have to think the park opened in 89 jim henson was there at the opening they had announced this partnership coming out in august of 89 Mm -hmm. two years later they still haven't opened it it that just people had to be confused in the parks it's just crazy so thank goodness brian got on board and and got us muppet vision 3d And I think it must have been so hard for his family, you know, to lose their father so unexpectedly and to think like, okay, and now we're just passing his legacy off to another company. But it truly was like, what a great project for him to work on. One of the last things, because this is something like it's an experience, not that watching an episode of The Muppet Show or something like that, watching an old movie is not an experience, but Muppet Vision 3D truly is something unlike any other Muppet experience they had had before. I know for me, my love of the Muppets comes from Muppet Vision 3D. It is pretty much the only thing I can remember from my first trip at Walt Disney World. When I was a little girl, I made my parents go on it over and over and over again, which is why it will always be one of my very favorite attractions. Um, I have such a love for this for this ride and this attraction, and that's why I love the Muppets is because of Muppet Vision 3D. Um, and so Muppet Vision 3D finally opened on May 16th, 1991, oh. so a year to the day after Jim Henson died, which I think was such a lovely Perfect. way to honor him. The green carpet was rolled out for this attraction. They did make a super big deal about it, which is so cool as we look at new rides opening, like in what they do. But the green carpet was rolled out. Um, Disney and Muppet characters were present, including Kermit, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, Fozzie, Bean Bunny. And I believe it looked like in the background of one of the pictures that Teeth and the Electric Mayhem were there as well, which would make sense since they were in the Here Comes the Muppets and the Muppets on Location shows. It would make Makes sense that they would, you know, why wouldn't they have them there? And so the photos from the event looked incredible and it just looked like such a fun and happy day. And I think like, wow, what a fantastic way to honor Jim Henson's legacy than to have his characters in one of the most famous places in the whole world as these big stand up walk around characters that people are so excited to meet launching this last project. Like it really was something super special. That's amazing. I love that. And I'm just so glad it was actually able to come to be because it for a while there it really looked like it wasn't going to happen and there were Absolutely. a lot of conversations in court and arguing and bad PR on both sides but mm-hmm. they finally made an agreement so it worked out and it's great and so one of the things I wanted to talk about when we go back to what Kate said about that sign about how they were just going to put the Muppets over Disney in Disneyland and how yeah. it's going to look like they did it There was a lot of conversation because I know when I was thinking about our map episode, I know that one of the maps I've looked at at some point in time said Muppet Vision 4D. And so I Googled it and there was this whole debate online and it really was kind of difficult to find a clear answer, but a couple different people wrote this answer and I think it, it sounds like it makes the most sense. I think this is true. But if anybody, again, you know where to find us on Instagram. If you have a different memory of this, if you know something else, let us know. Yeah. So Muppet Vision 4D was called 4D, but it was never actually changed. The attraction was always called Muppet Vision 3D, but there were like some places on maps and marquees where it basically looked as if the Muppets had crossed out the three and put a four. And that 4D would be referencing like the bubbles and like, you know, the, the water shooting, like the things that are tangible. And someone said something about like, because it was in the I don't know if they said the future or the past. I don't know. It was worded really weird. I don't I don't think that's the reason why they called it that. But I thought it was kind of cute the way they, you know, had it look like the Muppets did it, just like they were going to do with the Disneyland sign. Yeah, no, I, I love that because you're right. That Honestly, that was very much the theme behind anything Muppets related. Like we were saying, they were planning to do basically the same thing with the great Muppet movie ride, their own knockoff version mm-hmm. of these big attractions at MGM Studios. And Jim spoke about it and said that he, Jim Henson, I should clarify, he spoke about mm-hmm. it saying that he wanted it to be a lot of misinformation, very funny, very tongue in cheek. You knew that you couldn't trust what they were saying. It was 
was just supposed to be chaos. And I feel like that's the same idea behind them scratching out on the maps or them changing the sign in Disneyland to Muppet Land if they would have done that. So yeah, that that just seems to track. Do you have anything between 1991 and 2000? I have a small blip for... um, I want all the blips. I have a small blip that never came to be, of course. But um, they did talk about at the time when they were having, um, you know, all the failure with Superstar Limo. They had talked about. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had talked about. We need to do an episode on Superstar Limo. Yes. So they had they had talked about the idea of while demolishing the attraction, having the Muppets inside of the attraction kind of making tongue-in-cheek comments about how terrible the attraction is and, like, taking it apart. And, like, it was... So you'd ride through, and the whole time they're, like, making fun of Superstar Limo and saying, like, good thing we're demolishing this and stuff like that. And it was going to... They were going to be turning it into Miss Piggy's Superstar Limo, like, for the time. And then eventually they were going to turn it into the Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully uh, to the rescue ride that they have now but that was an idea they had because it sat i mean adam would know better than me but i'm pretty sure it sat for a little while before the new attraction opened and so that was their idea because it was just sitting there yeah um that was a michael eisner ride correct it was like Uh, (laughs) that's the thing mikey Mikey, he didn't have all wins you know some wins were better than others some Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. but he made his ideas happen look we don't have to talk about the original paradise pier we don't have to talk about DCA way back when we don't have to go back to that we could we will we can and we will but we will we can and we will but not right now yeah not right now oh wait Adam Adam has something something. to share with us um so really quick uh Superstar Limo closed on January 11th 2002 and Monsters Inc Mike and Sully to the rescue did not open until January 22nd 2006 so it was about four years oh Um, wow and Superstar Limo was only open for less than a year it opened on opening day for DCA on February 8th 2001 and closed just 11 months later on January 11th 2002 that is crazy that it literally was open for less than a year and then sat for like what was that for okay so he literally confirmed what i was assuming that's how bad the ride was can we just say that that that's how bad the it ride was, that, was? Bad. That, that they had it open in less than a year and they were like you know it would be better than having it open having nothing at all having it closed so that <laughs> confirms so that confirms what i was assuming because i'm sure we're going to get to 2004 soon but if that if mike mm-hmm. and if if the mike and sully ride didn't open until 2006 then it could very easily in that 2004 time frame, they say, hey, let's just turn it back on, throw in some Muppet, you know, animatronics, oh get a little crazy. But yeah, I thought that that was funny that here we are again for a third time, um, a, an, a, like an idea that didn't come to be where they're basically taking over some part of a Disney park and mm-hmm. making fun of it. So, yeah. We love it. That's all I have so, for that. <laughs> what I have between Muppet Vision 3D, which again opened May 16th, 1991, I have a jump to the Muppets were sold. So in the year 2000, the Muppets were sold to Germany's EMTV um, for $680 million. And I saw two different bits of information about when Sesame Street was sold. But I saw that Sesame Street was sold to Sesame Workshop, which was a nonprofit organization that ran the show in 2000 for $180 million. And this went to like Jim Henson Productions, which was run by his two children, his son and his daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I guess Germany's EMTV and what I was reading was doing really well at the time. Obviously, they spent $680 million on the Muppets. But then within those next couple of years, they were not doing so well. So Jim Henson's children, again, under their father's um, production company, bought the Muppets back in 2003. So three years later for only $89 million. Wow. They How lost, crazy is that? That was a big loss for that, that it was German a, company. Yeah. A huge, huge, huge loss. loss. So that brings us to 2003 and then 2004 is right around the corner. And Kate kind of already teased what happened in 2004. But Disney purchased the Muppets, including Bear in the Big Blue House in 2004. Um, again, this had been talked about before, but because Jim Henson passed away, nothing really happened. Um, around this same time, 
in 2004, Comcast was attempting to buy out Disney and they rejected that offer. And also Jim Henson Productions kept a lot of the assets. So some of the Muppets film library, like the assets are very, you know, I I don't know the legalese of this deal. I wasn't a lawyer on on the deal, unfortunately. But, um, you know, Disney did get a bulk of rights to the Muppets. And again, it did say Bear in the Big Blue House, which in 2004 was was big at the Disney parks. Mm -hmm. And, you know... 2004, we're starting to get into um, kind of a weird time for Mikey. So like you said, this was probably one of those last wins for for Mikey. But we do know in March of 2004, he was removed as chairman and then eventually resigned as CEO in fall of 2005. So I like to think of this as kind of his last hoorah, something that he had been working on for for a while. I agree. Let's say a decade or so. Let's say because I saw years. when I first Googled it, when I said who was CEO in 2004, um, Bob Iker came up. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. this was definitely a Michael Eisner deal. And I was right, it was. But because the timeline there, he was shortly after not in it. So Muppets Treasure Island came out in 1996, which again was before Germany's EMTV even bought it. Muppets in Space came out in 1999. So those were things that happened in the middle, but they didn't really have anything to do with Disney. But that does show like, you know, Muppets Productions was doing something. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) you know, I had to. It was so funny. Um, And then again, 2000 brought the buyout and then 2004 Disney bought it. So I did see that the Muppets Wizard of Oz premiered in 2005, but I don't know if that was with Disney or not. So I don't know if you had anything on that, Kate, or if we wanted Adam, our fact checker, to get on Let's that. get the fact checker on it. I did see it say Muppets, Wizard of Oz, but like I didn't look that much into it anymore. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess that it wasn't with Disney because yeah. remember... I don't think we own the Wizard of Oz, although we obviously did have some partnerships with the Wizard of Oz. Um, And then also 2005 for it to come out means that it was in the works before. You know what I mean? Like we only bought. So I think it wasn't a Disney production. Um, And so we're just we're waiting for Adam who has an answer. Okay, so. On Wikipedia, it says right after the Walt Disney Company bought the rights to Muppet franchise in 2004, pre-production took place throughout 2000, uh, throughout February 2004, and principal photography began seven months later. It looks like it aired on ABC, oh, which okay, is obviously owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And also, it says the Muppets Wizard of Oz became a musical and included five new songs written and composed by Michael Giacchino. I am not sure how to pronounce his name, but I know he did the score for Up. Um, he's he did the okay. new uh, some stuff for the new Star Wars. You know the, the so Disney it sounds like Star it was a Disney. It was a yeah, Disney. Okay. He also did okay. the he did the um, soundtrack to Disneyland Space Mountain as well. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I was going to say, now that I think about it, I saw it on the page where it was talking about Michael Eisner and Jim Henson's relationship specifically. And underneath Mm -hmm. the listing about the Muppets at Walt Disney World, the next thing was the Wizard, the Muppets Wizard of Oz thing. And it was ABC related, but I didn't think I was trying to figure out how it was connected. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And again, it was a really difficult timeline. So what, so my next thing jumps to 2008. So do you have anything in between 2005 or the buyout in 2004 and 2008? I don't know. So you, you go girl. Okay. I'm so pumped about this. I found an article on the New York times called the fuzzy Renaissance. And I am so glad that I found this because it really dove into so many things that I was like, a either memory unlocked or B like, I can't believe they did this. So in 2008, it was speaking with Disney about how they were trying to rejuvenate the Muppets image. Now that they owned the Muppets and they bought it, they really wanted to make sure they were taking full advantage of the Muppets and helping younger generations to know about the Muppets. They shared some they shared some statistics on how a lot of young kids didn't know who Kermit was, didn't know who Miss Piggy was, just didn't know the Muppets. Um, and so all of these next few bits really are like PR and marketing things. Um, although some of them were like shows, they're really all PR and marketing stuff. Yeah. So the first one that I can't believe I forgot about this, it was called Studio DC with the Muppets. It was a show, a special on the Disney Channel, two 30-minute long specials, and they featured the biggest Disney Channel stars of the time. We're talking High School Musical, Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato, the host was Selena Gomez, and it was two 
episodes, each 30 minutes long. They aired on August 3rd, 2008 and October 5th, 2008. So right there, right out the gate, they are making a big move to get their target audience to know who these characters are. Because, you know, I was in eighth grade at the time and I know this was probably a little late in the game for me for Disney Channel, even though, let's face it, I watched Disney Channel yeah, forever. I was still watching, but... I was still Disney watching. <laughs> I was in But grade. you knew that any time there was a special that brought all the Disney Channel characters together, whether it was a crossover episode, like, those moments were, like, what you would get excited for. You would set your timers for, what did they used to say, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock Central or something? Like, yes. like you Eight, were ready central. for these crossovers. And so um, this was huge. This was a really, really good idea. And I think, again, this stems from like a marketing PR standpoint. They weren't like, okay, we need more content. No, they were like, how do we get these Muppets in front of this new target audience now that we own them? Exactly. And I watched some clips and it was so cool. And that was the biggest problem, I think, with the act was like with them acquiring it so late in the game in 2004 is like so much time had mm-hmm. passed since they had that initial yeah. momentum. So exactly. And the 90s, really, like when they were opening this new park, like even though it doesn't like a 10 year gap at 14 year gap. Mm-hmm. A it was a 14 year time. gap because I was thinking for a second when they sold the Muppets in 2000, but again, that really had nothing to do with Disney. No. So a 14 year gap, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, and so it also said in this article, they had comic videos go on to Disney.com that they had viral videos put onto YouTube. That's all it said. But I also thought like YouTube was really, really, really popular at the time, especially again with their target audience. So, you know, they just, that's all it said was viral videos were put onto YouTube. So I'm I'm sure they were just like really cute, quirky, Muppety videos. Yeah. Then it said NBC had a Christmas special, which I was surprised it was NBC and not ABC, but NBC had a Christmas special called A Muppet's Christmas Letters to Santa. Then on certain ABC DVD releases for that year, they had special skits based around the ABC shows that were popular at the time. And I know Adam's going to love this one too. They had one called Desperate House Pigs. That was the <gasps> based off Desperate Housewives, which was wildly oh successful gosh. at the time. Also an incredible show. I'm watching it currently. It's amazing. Um, but so that was really cool. And again, it was just a small skit. So this was like an added like marketing thing like, okay, hey, buy the DVD. DVD, get this extra little thing. Um, Adam, this one is for you. I wanted you to do some research on this and find this answer for me because I didn't have time before we jumped into the show to start recording. But they had a new float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade (gasps) in 2008. And I just want to know what like character it was or what it looked like. I found this article literally right before we jumped on to start recording. And I'm so glad I did because I had so many hidden gems, but I didn't have the time to figure out what it was. Apparently they also appeared on Nightline and were interviewing political candidates. So again, getting, I think that was to get an older target audience. That was to get older people to, you know, put the Muppets back into center stage in mainstream media. So I thought that was really cool. The article said that there was a Muppet themed attraction at the Disney parks being discussed. Now it is 2021 and we have yet to see that, but obviously it didn't give any more information than that. And again, I didn't have time to dig, but the Disney representative who was speaking to the New York Times in 2008 said that there were Muppet themed attractions at Disney parks being discussed. So who knows what we missed out on there. Give us the attractions. I thought this was amazing. They had Muppet clothing at Urban Outfitters and Limited 2. There we go. Like what I would do for a Limited 2 Muppets outfit right now. Me Um, too. Like that's amazing. Um, There were apparently Muppets themed stuffed animals and totes at Macy's. And then before I get to the last thing that they talked about in this fuzzy Renaissance article, I think Adam has the answer for us on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Okay, so it looks like in 2008, it says that Kermit appeared live on the Central Park float and performed the song, I Believe. And Amazing. also in 2009, Kermit performed the song again as a duet with Tiffany Thornton. And it says the song was also performed on the Santa Claus float soon after. So Kermit was front and center on wow. this Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He was the main character of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is what we're saying. 
Okay, awesome. So the last thing on the list brings us to another activation in New York. This is amazing. I know I speak for all three of us when I say we wish we could time travel back to this, but they had a Muppet boutique at FAO Schwartz. And so I did some digging and it was called the Muppet Whatnot Workshop. It opened on October 22nd, 2008 and stayed open until July 15th, 2015 when FAO Schwartz closed its doors. It had Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker as the hosts on like all different screens and you basically built your own Muppet. And so they had different bodies you could choose from, different hairstyles, different colors. There was something in there that was a little confusing about like a Toys R Us takeover. There was a lot of confusion happening with FAO Schwartz throughout this time. They almost went under. And then I think what it essentially was saying was Toys R Us came in and and said they would still run FAO Schwartz like big flagship stores Mm -hmm. under the toy store. Toy Story. Um, My brain is mush. Under the Toys R Us umbrella. And they basically just said they would continue this boutique. So yeah, I wish that we could have gone to this FAO Schwartz boutique. FAO Schwartz, my mom loved it. That was her maiden name. So like we always went living in New Jersey. We always went there growing up. She loved it so, so much. But I think Adam wanted to tell us a little more about FAO Schwartz. Yeah, for those who don't know what FAO Schwartz is, it's if you've seen the movie Big with Tom Hanks, um, the toy store that he goes to where he's, he's uh, jumping on the giant piano and playing chopsticks, that is from FAO <laughs> Schwartz in New York. It is a very iconic New York spot, um, and it's really sad that it no longer exists. But that was in that stayed open until 2015. But again, that was one of that those 2008 activations for the fuzzy renaissance. So Kate, what do you have next after 2008? Um, I really didn't have any, I didn't really have too much for like just their general partnership stuff. My stuff was mainly focused on um, those like, what ifs what could have been and I love that so I don't have too much more um I definitely feel like we've been seeing like in like more Muppets stuff coming so in 2011 the Muppets movie came out with Mm -hmm. um what is his name Jason Jason Sudeikis no Jason Seagal right Adam I know oh Amy Adams was in it, and it's the guy from How I Met Your Mother. But I'm yes, pretty sure the guy it's Jason from How I Met Your Mother. Seagal, Jason, I, I love him. Um, it was amazing, and in that 2008 article with the New York Times, they did tease that they were working on a movie. Walter. So that came out in 2011, um, and then The Muppets Most Wanted came out in 2014, which was the sequel. Um, and that one, I remember there being a ton of campaigns around, like the little, um, yes. the little mole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've seen it, um, and it's a meme everywhere now. Like it, that movie did well, and it was it's super cute if you've never seen it before. And at Muppet Vision 3D for that period of time, the like opening credits, um, like when you'd wait to be let into the theater, they had little segments where the guy where the the evil Kermit guy would like come in and like I didn't know that chuckle or whatever <laughs> I think they still had it for a few years after I think they just recently went back to the original really role. I'd, I'd like to oh that's that so up. cool but anyway yeah so they did that so that was their way of changing up Muppet they didn't change up the actual Muppet Vision 3D yeah. it was just while you were in the waiting area and on the TV screens he'd like walk up and he'd be like hey, 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 and then like <laughs> run off kind of thing Then in 2015 to 2016, we had The Muppets with a period after. It was an ABC series that ran from 2015 to 2016. This was made for us. It was a a mockumentary style show, so similar to The Office and Parks and Rec, which we love, but with The Muppets. And it was basically all of The Muppets were part of the production team for Miss Piggy's late night show, um, Up Late with Miss Piggy. It is such a good show. They left it on a cliffhanger and then they canceled it, which was awful. It killed me. I have watched it two times through. It has definitely become a comfort show for me. It is so good. Like, it is probably one of my favorite Muppets things that's ever been done. Um, And then right now, I feel like, again, they're kind of trying to do, I don't want to say a fuzzy renaissance, but I feel like we're going to start seeing more and more of the Muppets. I think they've finally seen that the Muppets really... People love them. So the Muppet Show was added to Disney Plus, which was a huge deal. Um, and Muppets Now, which is a new series um, with like small Muppets little skits, um, is exclusive to Disney Plus, which is huge. 
And then the Nuimos, new Nuimos, those new tiny, tiny little stuffed animals. They've really been pushing those everywhere around the parks, Shop Disney, and the Kermit and Miss Piggy set have basically been sold out since they came out. Mm -hmm. They have been sold out online and in stores. And I think, I think that shows a lot that people are willing to spend the money on them. And they, um, I think it's cool that they've been revitalizing the younger generation with the Muppets again because they have a new version of the Muppet Baby show on yes, Disney absolutely. Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's been very, very popular with the the kiddos. So I agree. I think that this is Disney's way of just pushing the Muppets back in anywhere they can to hopefully eventually see more of them in the parks. Well, as we were as we were recording this, I was on my phone on Instagram stories and mm-hmm. one of the stories running right now from Disney, from Disney official is the Muppets talking about vaccines and vaccinations and things like that. So, I definitely think we're seeing more and more between merchandise and, you know, shows on uh, on their platforms and I it makes me wonder if we will see you know in that 2008 article when they talked about oh we have some Disney attractions you know in talks and we never saw what they were I wonder if we'd see something new also wait are you gonna say the same thing I'm yeah we're say? about to say the same thing we're about to say Regal, Regal, Regal Eagle, Eagle. Yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> oh my gosh I knew it How I did was not like, think of that earlier yeah I was gonna say Regal Eagle I think was the is a perfect example of how they're trying to figure out ways to just creatively work them back in with mm-hmm. some synergy I did see in one of the articles I was reading there was a picture of Gonzo in a cannon that's framed on the wall in Regal Eagle and I I'm mm-hmm. wanting to believe that that was maybe like a little nod back to his pizza pandemonium parlor that never came to be. So yeah, super cute. So I think I think that's it for this Muppet episode. This was absolutely so 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 much fun. Um, I think there will probably be a Muppet Vision. I mean a Muppet a Muppet episode again in the future oh, yeah. because there's just there's just so much to talk through about these you know iconic iconic characters. Well, and I guess we could just note for a second that like you said about the Numios, a, a lot of times anytime there's Muppet themed merchandise, it it sells out. Mm-hmm. Um it, or Absolutely. if it's or it's sought after. And I think that that shows that Disney is getting their own glimpse through these like, you know, research and development efforts with merchandise and stuff that there is a need and a and a want for the Muppets. So, yeah. fingers crossed. And we've also had in the parks, oh my gosh, as we said it was over. <laughs> I know. We've also had in the parks um, in Magic Kingdom, the Muppets, their little tiny show, Great Moments in, was it called Great Moments in History with the Muppets? I think it was Great Moments in History. Yes, Great Moments in History with the Muppets. Um, And then they did the little Christmas thingy Yes, right, in Liberty Square. So we have seen small activations come to the parks, and I really hope that we are on the verge of another fuzzy renaissance. Um, So again, now, truly, I think that's our episode. (laughs) If you want to find us to chat with us, you can find, again, me at Joe. Zimeda, Kate at Kate Killebrew, and Adam at Fcut Adam. And you can find our podcast at Carousel Project Podcast on Instagram. And um, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. If you have a friend who loves the Muppets, loves Disney history, send them a link to our podcast and let them check it out. And if you enjoy what you listen to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. These are great ways to help grow this little passion project. And we would be so appreciative to our listeners who take the time to do that. And that's it. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Banana, do 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 do